0: Welcome to A Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin.
1: And I'm your host, Jen. This week we're discussing the final two Short Treks episodes, titled The Brightest Star and The Escape Artist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, did you want to talk about these, like, one at a time, like The Brightest Star and then The Escape Artist? Honestly, my opinions on them are kind of the same. Okay. So, Kate, overall, what did you think of these two episodes?
0: I thought that they were kind of bad and useless. And oh, really? I didn't, I didn't care for them.
1: Okay. I I wouldn't go so far to say bad and useless, but I feel like they were not as directly uh, applicable for starters, mm-hmm.
0: and just weren't as necessarily compelling. I do think they maybe should have saved Calypso for last, because once... Because now I know how good they can be, you know? And then we went back to these two and I was just like, Why? Why are we watching this?
1: Following up Calypso was tough. It was at a high bar. Yeah. I mean, I found the Escape Artist entertaining in the in the same way that the other Mud Time Loop one was was kind of entertaining.
0: Yeah, I suppose. But, like, why does it exist?
1: I think fan service is why it exists.
0: I think... Oh. I, I guess my thing with with Calypso, we kind of... I had a bunch of theories about how it could fit in, and it was fun. Like, on top of it being good, mm-hmm. it was... It was like a tease, almost. Whilst this one was... It was, you know, sure, but it it, it doesn't give me that, you know, wanting to talk about it. Okay, I so
1: I, mean? I, I totally know what you mean. I think because I have seen the mud episodes from the original series,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I am seeing much more direct, like, tie-in ability here with that one. Gotcha. Because there were a, a few things that were direct nods to the future of Harry Mudd in the Star Trek universe.
0: Okay.
1: Um. So, for... for a fan who'd seen it, it would be like, oh, okay, that's, you know, where they're going with that. My disappointment slightly in it a, a little bit was because I had assumed that since, you know, we kind of didn't figure out how he broke out of jail from the Klingons, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were assuming that's the story we were going to see. Yeah. And so there was a bit of like, oh, okay, I guess that's not what they were going for, which is... Fine. I mean, if you make assumptions, then uh, you're, you are going to be disappointed at times. Yes,
0: that's true. I mean, it was a well done little bit of a thing, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't care about it one way or the other. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, we're kind of going backwards here, but The mm-hmm. Escape Artist was written by Michael McMahon, mm-hmm. who has done some work for Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. And he is listed as an executive producer for Star Trek Lower Decks. Right. So that's the animated series that's going to be about, you know, again, mostly speculation, but
0: sort of Star Trek Academy and things like that. Right. And it was directed by Rain Wilson. That was interesting. Yeah.
1: In terms of performance... I really enjoyed Rain Wilson's performance of the role. Yeah, he was good. Um, I haven't actually seen him in The Office, aside from like clips and memes and things. Mm-hmm. But this seems like a very different character.
0: Yes. I feel but, like. Like, it is a very different character, but he brings a certain Rain Wilson, I, I would presume, ness to both of them. Okay. Because I, I can actually, like, on paper i wouldn't say that there's any similarities but mm-hmm. the way that he plays them i can see similarities so i assume that's that's him doing it okay you know what i mean okay most like like dwight always had elaborate plans that kind of didn't work you know <laughs> or wanting to get back at people et cetera, et cetera. okay um yeah what did you think of the saru episode
1: just before we go into that, I was going to say the other sort of nod in the escape artist
0: mm-hmm.
1: was getting to see other original series aliens because his captor throughout the bulk of the escape artist is the Tellarite. Okay. And and that is a, a, an old school Star Trek alien. Okay. So, that was cool that they you know, brought the, the makeup and everything into this century and have a a new depiction of it.
0: And there were the green folk?
1: Yes. The Orions. Right, yes. Um, I
0: mean, it was fun. But, mm-hmm.
1: but I understand yeah. what you mean, too. Like, you know, this doesn't seem to be something that will tie back into Discovery at all.
0: Yeah. Even if they have a mud episode this season, this, like, mm-hmm. they didn't need this at all. Mm-hmm. So... That's That was sort of where I fell on that. At mm-hmm. least it was short. Yeah, that's true. And so how did you feel about the Saru episode?
1: The Saru episode, the brightest star. I have to admit I was slightly disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily by the performance or the objective quality of it. Mm-hmm. But I was disappointed that they chose to make him an outlier of his species and not, like, a leader of his species. Like, they very much wrote it like, we're not going back here. Um, they're, we're not going to see other Kelpians. The Kelpians are a pre-warp species. We are, you know, they had special permission to recruit Saru
0: kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, we do know that we are going back there. Right. So I didn't necessarily feel that way. I was more the whole Kelpian society felt retconned. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like when Saru was first talking about you know, his home and how Kelpians are, they made it sound more like like there were sort of two intelligent species on their planet and the other one was a a more predatory one or just that there were a lot of predators on their planet mm-hmm. and that the kelpians were super duper not predators mm-hmm. but then you go in and you see that there's this weird pseudo religious bullshit going on yeah and yeah that just that didn't a it didn't sound like what they were going for originally and b it doesn't make any sense for how Seru describes how his species works
1: that's right and like if they have this like religious acceptance of their fate mm-hmm. then like how does that explain their running ability
0: yeah exactly how like
1: yeah there's some inconsistencies with that and the other sense that i got was that like this was in the kelpians more distant past The way that humans were, like, hunter-gatherers in their distant past. And that still does explain some of, you know, how humans evolved and our modern society. Mm -hmm. But it's not like we just stepped out of that into a society with iPhones. And that's kind of what they did with Saru. They just, like, stepped him out of this, you know, much further back sort of society and culture and... Now he's an officer in Starfleet in space. Yeah. And, like, he must have learned a lot of stuff incredibly fast. Because, I mean, his planet didn't even have a printing press.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, it, it's weird. And I, I don't mind his planet, which its name escapes me, um, being pre-warp and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. The whole thing just felt wrong. I, I liked, I liked the characterization of Saru and his relationship with his family and his sister, mm-hmm. but everything else just didn't, it didn't add up, really.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't even mind that he, like, his decisions, his character decisions, mm-hmm. it just felt really incongruous with, yeah, like what you're saying, They they kind of set it up and... It, it feels like they retconned it a bit more. And I'm curious as to how this is going to play out. Because, like you said, it seems like we are going back there. Yeah. And, like, why they felt they needed to make it different.
0: Well, my thoughts on this are either, A, it's going to play into the overarching story with the red thingies. Mm-hmm. That people are that are happening right and that's why it's coming across as sort of pseudo-religious and mysterious or um they just wanted to get that you know god judginess of star trek in there (laughs) like that's like why would they otherwise
1: yeah but they still like they still could have kept the god judginess And had his people be slightly more technologically evolved. Oh, oh,
0: yes, that sort. I was coming at it from why they changed it from them, like, running from predators to Mm. they have some overarching alien species who has subjugated them. Right. See, that's, it's not even God judginess. It's, like, an alien species has enslaved them or something. And, like, I don't understand why Starfleet wouldn't step in on that. Because it's not that... Like from what I understand, a much more technically advanced species is lying to them and making. Them Are feasting. they lying? Like, or something? You know, is doing yeah. something to them.
1: Yeah, I see where you're. I see what you mean, and I'd have to. Oh, I should have looked up more of this before we recorded today. Um. Because there is the philosophy of not interfering in the natural evolution of species. But somebody else is interfering. Well, we don't know what that other species has told the Kelpians. We don't know if they just, like, showed up and started taking them and the Kelpians have developed their own reasoning as to why. I don't think it matters. Or if the alien, well, not for basically, you know murdering sentient beings for food, I
0: guess? See, we don't even know. We d- Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. And I don't see and- why Starfleet wouldn't interpret that as some other species stepping in on the Kelpians' evolution.
1: Though, to be fair, like, we don't know what happens to the Kelpians. Like, they're assuming they die, and that's the end of their life and all of that. But the- they just go to stand at the thing and then they are gone.
0: Yeah. I mean, it can't be anything good. Well, no. Because if the aliens- if this other species was taking them away and making friends with them and teaching them about warp, then what would Starfleet care about? You know, introducing warp to them or whatever. Like, it just doesn't- Mm. It raises
1: a lot of questions. Yeah. And I mean, the the question of the non-interference is one that often comes up, and that Star Trek episodes have continuously breached, either intentionally, mm-hmm. and then sometimes there's some ramifications, and or sometimes it's just, you know, there hasn't been enough explicit in-canon description of what precisely, uh, how to apply the first, the private directive... And so the TV show just hopes that you won't look too hard. Nice. And I mean, people do look too hard. People constantly question it. Right.
0: Um, so, I don't know. That that I'm, I'll am i be interested to see how the Saru episode, where we do go back to that planet, uh, plays out. Mm-hmm. And that sort of thing. But so far, I think... That it looks kind of dumb. Or at least that it raises... Too many questions, or questions that won't... It just changes who I thought Saru was, too. You know? Yeah.
1: Like, how so? Like, in a character way? Well, because of his...
0: how, Just how he described his species and how they're always scared. It just doesn't make sense. Like what what are they scared of if they've it just doesn't make sense to me anymore his whole situation because none of them seemed scared they just lived there and collected their plants and sacrificed people and that was that right i mean he had a moment at the end
1: when the shuttle came down or whatever and yeah
0: but why well he would have never or oh no yeah that I get sorry i meant like yeah why has that evolved like we didn't see anything on their planet to show why they have that that uh, tentacle warning ability i forget what they're called
1: right the threat ganglia
0: yes yeah that is a little inconsistent so i just thought that that episode was poorly done mm it
1: also had voice over it did, yes. It was like Saru narrating it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wondered if that is going to be significant. It may have just been like a shortcut. Mm. Yeah, because they had very limited time. I think that one was the shortest one of the four.
0: I did not notice. Mm. But yeah, that's sort of how I felt about both of them, that overall I think we would have been better without them. I mean I guess the the hair the mud one doesn't really change anything, so true, whatever, but it just felt like money that could have been well spent elsewhere. Mm.
1: It is a little odd how three of the episodes were like incredibly direct main cast or you know recurring cast mm-hmm. as the center focus. And then Calypso was the one that was, like, you know, set indefinitely in the future and a completely new person. And yeah, now I'm even more curious as to why they did that or if it was just that they were bringing on this writer anyways. And this was, like, the first project they could kind of give him. And so he wrote whatever he wanted. Whereas the other people who were working on this... You know?
0: Well, I don't know because the Clips of One feels like it may have had the most to do with the plot, you know? So I don't think he did get to write whatever he wanted. Maybe a little bit. Maybe, Maybe he well, was just told, like, the ship was going to be here and you can do whatever you want with it.
1: Right, right. The episode, The Brightest Star,
0: mm-hmm.
1: was written by the writing team Bo Yun Kim and Erica Lipolt. Mm -hmm. And they wrote the season one episode, Into the Forest I Go. Yeah. Which one was that? (laughs) (laughs) That was the one where they make the plan to plant the sensors on the Klingon ship and then make Stamets do all the jumps and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, They also had, like, writing, editing credits on a lot of the first season episodes. And then right now, I don't know if this is an IMDB error. But Bo Yun Kim has a writing credit for episode six for season two. Okay. But Erica
0: Lepult does not. And I thought they were a writing team. Well, they don't always have to be just because they did one thing together. Mm. They don't necessarily come as a package deal.
1: No no. I think like there are some writers who work as a writing team. And my understanding was that like they were a writing team, like they have worked to always together in the past. Have they? Uh, that's what I thought, based on based on how they were being portrayed um, on one of the things I saw. Like, they worked on Rain together. Maybe they were just working on a bunch of projects together, and I assumed that they were... No, well, their writing credits are identical. Hmm. Well. So maybe it's an IMDB error? It's possible.
0: Maybe they just needed a breaking a break a break from each other. Maybe. On a slightly different topic, if mm-hmm. you're okay with me changing the topic, there sure. have been some new like pictures and trailers and blah 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 blah. Have you watched any of them or anything? I, I think
1: I watched a bit of one of the other trailers, mm-hmm. and I have been seeing a whole, a bunch of the pictures as well. Okay,
0: because I've specifically stopped watching any trailers or looking at any pictures or anything like that because I just want the season. You know, I'm done with trailers.
1: Right, right. I do know some people, too, who uh, they like to sort of avoid it because of how sometimes they can be misleading or how, uh, you know, you can get different ideas or, like, they cut things together so that you see, like, the best moment. Yeah, yeah. And they'd rather, you know, they see the best moment in the whole context of the, yeah, exactly. uh, of the show. Um, the latest sort of set of pictures I saw is, um, it looks like CBS All Access, like promo stills. Because mm-hmm. it's just like the close up a- of the person. You don't even see their full head, like their eyes are cut off. Oh, okay. And so you see they're like their uniform and their insignia and in the black space above their shoulder it's like Star Trek Discovery season 2 but it's clearly um you know the first one's Captain Pike the second one is Michael Burnham the third one is Georgiou in like a civilian uh outfit clearly. And then the fourth one is Spock. I am so
0: glad that they've brought Michelle Yeoh back. Oh. I know. I'm, I'm sad that we don't get good Giorgio, but I, I also love evil Giorgio, so I think this is going to be so good. And I love Michelle Yeo so much, so.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and we'll see how she adapts. Yeah. Because she can't be the same person she was in the Mirror Universe. Like, this universe does not work that way. There are checks and balances. Mm-hmm. So she's going to have to sort of toe a line. Uh, or, you know, risk losing the freedom she has. True. But she is still ruthless. Oh, yes. And I love her so much. Yes. Um, did you see her at the Golden Globes recently? Yes, I did. In her green leather dress. Yes, I did. Obviously. And she was wearing a ring, apparently, from Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. And, uh... Yeah, she looked amazing. I didn't see if she won anything for it.
0: But. I didn't either because I was editing a podcast. Uh, I understand. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm very excited. I am as well. Although back on topic, these short mm-hmm. these two short tricks did not get me excited at all. I should perhaps yeah. watch Calypso again because that will get me excited. Mm, Yes.
1: I actually received the first season Star Trek Discovery Blu-rays.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Are there any good special effects?
1: Well, I haven't opened it yet.
0: special features.
1: (laughs) Sorry, they're just the DVDs. They're not the Blu-rays. I have not had a chance yet to, like, get into it. And now I'm like, man, I wish I would have. Because apparently there's over two hours of special features.
0: I want it. So... Well, I will try and and uh, watch it. Let me know if there's bloopers. That's like my favorite thing in the world. Okay. Okay. I will watch it and try and give an update. I suppose I could just look up whether or not there's bloopers. <laughs> I do have a Google.
1: Yes, you do. And it's been out long enough that I'm sure people have, you know, discussed it and given written summaries. Yes, this is true. Yeah. It does say deleted and extended scenes, and ten behind-the-scenes featurettes. Okay. So probably not the first That's fine. I'm not too into deleted scenes. Yeah, I'm not into them either. I sometimes like the featurettes just because they get into some of, like, the special effects Mm -hmm. or things like that, and it always makes me appreciate more knowing how much work went in to make something look the way it looked. Mm Mm-hmm so i sometimes kind of like those and i'll see if there's any episodes that have like commentary
0: tracks yes actually i do enjoy a good commentary this is true well yeah anything else to say about our short treks or upcoming season two of star trek discovery
1: no i think that's pretty much it for the short treks and upcoming
0: season two all right so shall we recommend something oh we shall okay you sound like you're prepared
1: i am all right Mm -hmm. uh do you want to go first or no i'm
0: curious what yours is now
1: oh okay well since i had extra time over the holiday season Mm -hmm. i managed to watch something that i i'd been interested in and came recommended by a couple people so, I watched season one of the show Killing Eve. Right. And it is amazing. And Sandra Oh won a Golden Globe for her performance in it. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did see that
0: because all my friends are obsessed with that show.
1: Yes, yes. So, that is what I'm recommending that you check out Killing Eve. Of course, you know, if you're into that sort of suspenseful uh, type of show. Okay. Because it's not everybody's cup of tea. And I understand that. But the performances in it are amazing and it is gripping and I need season
0: two. Alrighty. I have been meaning to check it out, but I just, I don't actually watch that much TV, so mm-hmm. I haven't yet. No,
1: it was mostly just because like, I had extra like, time
0: over the holidays that I could sort of fit it in. I did not have extra. If anything, it was the opposite. I had no extra time. I had extra not time or whatever. Okay, so Kate, what do you recommend? Uh, I think I'm just going to go ahead and recommend, if you're into video games, some Assassin's Creed Odyssey because it ah. is fabulous. And I've never played an Assassin's Creed game before, so you don't need to. You can just jump right in and start murdering people in ancient Greece, and it's really good. There is also, like, a very interesting story about your family and and right. stuff. Like, there's it's more than just murdering. Um, right. It's, it's an RPG, right? Yeah. But it's a big open world, so if the story isn't your thing, you can mostly ignore it. Or if the open world thing isn't your thing, you can mostly ignore that. Mm-hmm. You know, I like both. Mm-hmm. So... It's kind of nice that you can play it both ways. Yeah, it's not like like uh, with Fallout, the is there mostly just like as a I don't even know like the story doesn't do anything. You can you're almost encouraged to ignore it. So it, mm-hmm. it's more than that. Mm-hmm. But even if following the main story isn't really your thing, there's you, you don't necessarily have to. Mm-hmm. Although it's good, so I don't know why you wouldn't.
1: Mm-hmm. And what
0: system is it for? Uh, I have it on PS4, but I think it's on Xbox One also. Oh, okay. I don't know. I would assume so. Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: And, Kate, did we have any announcements to
0: make about other podcasts? Oh, right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, at first, I was like, what are you talking about, Jen? But, yeah, no. Um, on... The same day as the Star Trek Discovery season two premiere, uh, uh, Mandy, our previous guest and of pop culturally deprived fame, and I will be launching a podcast together about the Discovery of Witches TV show, which also premieres on January 17th and yeah, it's called Desire Made Real from a quote from the show mm-hmm. and you can find that on the Eloquent Gushing Network. Cool. Yeah, we're just doing a, you know, like this show, a, a recap, uh, ep- a deep dive into the episodes.
1: Now, you both are fans of the book series as well, right?
0: Yes, we have both read the books, although we, we do our best to keep the majority of our episodes spoiler free. And then at the end, we do like a deep dive into a spoiler talk. Gotcha. Um, I'm super bad at that, though. So <laughs> I don't guarantee us being 100% spoiler free, but we try. Understood, understood. I will try and check that out,
1: and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we, we we have we've had a lot of fun putting it together. Good, good. So there you go, folks. Check out Desire Made Real over on the Eloquent Gushing site, starting in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we have a preview up that you can listen to
0: now. But awesome. You don't you don't have to if you want to get in there and subscribe early or what have you. But yeah, all right, January 17th for episode one.
1: Now, our next episode will be coming out slightly after that, Mm -hmm. because the next episode... Well, Star Trek Two premieres officially on the 17th as well, Mm -hmm. but because Canada streaming networks, blah, blah, whatever. uh, I won't be able to get the episode until the 18th, and then we'll record...
0: I haven't even been looking at what day of the week that is. Well, that's a Friday, and then I'm at PodCon all weekend. Oh, wow. Well. So we're not recording till after the weekend.
1: Okay. So, next week, we will not have an episode up, mm-hmm. but we will the week after that. Yeah. About the first episode of Star Trek Discovery. And I haven't... Oh Man, I did start to look up the schedule in general
0: but I haven't seen if they're shifting it permanently to that day of the week. If we, if they are, we're just going to have to be late because I can't yeah. record and edit a podcast on the days that I'm working. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, understood. And especially that first one, cause I'm literally going out of town yeah. for three days the next day. So yeah. Yeah. If anybody out there is going to be at PodCon, so will I be. That's all I got about that. I'm really excited. A lot of my favorite mm-hmm. podcasts are going to be there. Awesome. I'm excited that you get to go. Yeah, me too.
1: Alright. I think that is everything. Yes it is. Okay. Thank you all for listening. If you have questions or comments you would like to share, you can contact us at a command of her own at gmail.com or on Twitter at her Own. And we also have an Instagram account, Instagram.com slash
0: a command of her own. And we will see you all in about two weeks for season two, officially. Yes. Star Trek Discovery. I'm excited. We do.
1: Okay. Uh, Bye, everyone. Bye.